My name is Matt Doan, and I am one of the pastors here at Calvary Church. My specific role and responsibility is to oversee our church planning ministries, our evangelism ministries, and our mercy ministries, and to oversee our global missions program. And it's my joy to open the scriptures together with you here today. As you walked in, you received a bulletin, and inside that bulletin is tucked in what we call our sermon notes. And if you'd like, you can pull those out, and those will be helpful for you today to follow along kind of with the train of thought that we're walking through. And on the back of the sermon notes is what we call our digging deeper. And we've listed 10 frequently asked questions about our subject here today. And we can't cover everything here today, and so this will be helpful for you even to look into this further. As we continue our series called Supernatural, as we are putting together this sermon series, it's several weeks long, we decided, hey, you know what, May 10th would be a good day to unpack demons and the role of demons in our lives. And we were all going forward with this here on May 10th, and then someone in our group goes, hey, uh, by the way, uh, May 10th is Mother's Day. <laughs> so we started thinking through, okay, talking about demons on Mother's Day. Actually, that's probably super appropriate because we could like title it like how to recognize if your toddler is demonic you know, <laughs> or something like that. Um, but we decided to shift. You know, a couple weeks ago, we went over the, what the Bible says about uh, demons. And so today, we've selected the topic of angels. And as you look at our first passage that we'll see today, you'll see why this is appropriate for a Mother's Day. And so if you will, grab the Bible that you brought or your smartphone if it works in here or the blue Bible that's in the seat rack in front of you and open up to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 1. It's in the New Testament. If you prefer, you can look on the screen here in the center of the stage as well. And I want to point you towards Hebrews 1 verse 14. We're going to go over a bunch of passages here today, but we'll begin in Hebrews 1 and we'll end in Hebrews 1. So if you want, you can journey with me through the scriptures or you can just kind of stay here in Hebrews 1 and eventually we'll come back to it. But Hebrews chapter 1, just look simply at verse 14. And this is what it says. Are they, talking about angels, not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. If you only had one passage to kind of dig into in regards to angels, this would be a good passage to look at. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. It says they're ministering spirits, rendering a service, and then specifically to those who have inherited salvation, those who follow Jesus. One of their roles is to guide and serve and to protect, which again, that's appropriate here on Mother's Day because moms, one of your primary roles is to guide and to serve and to protect your little people or your big people. And so there's some connection here. And moms, we hope that you're encouraged today as we look through what the Bible has to say about angels, that you are not alone in your mission that God has equipped angels also with a similar role. And so be encouraged by that. But this study of angels is not just for moms. This study of angel is, angels is really for any follower of God because we live between two events. 
We talked about this a few weeks ago. We live between D-Day, which is the day that Christ declared victory. The cross overcame sin. Jesus is no longer on that cross. That's why it's represented on our wall with an empty cross. Jesus is not hanging on it because it is finished. Sin has been defeated. Death has been overcome. Jesus has been resurrected. That was D-Day, if you will. And then on the other side, coming in the future, is V-Day, is Victory Day, when Christ will really return. He'll come back to our world and declare the ultimate victory over Satan and sin. And so we live here in 2015, on May 10th, in between these two events, D-Day and what Christ has done, and V-Day and what Christ will do. And so it's important for us, if you're serious about following Jesus, to understand the role that angels have in this in-between time. There's over 273 verses about angels in the Bible. It's a lot. And yet, how many of us have ever heard a sermon about angels, specifically about angels? How many of you have ever heard a sermon about angels? A few of us? I don't, I don't think I've ever preached a sermon on angels. Maybe you should have heard that before you came in the room, but uh, <laughs> I'm a rookie at this. We don't often preach about angels, and one of the reasons for that is, as Karl Barth says, who's a German theologian from last century, he goes, the study of angels is the most remarkable thing you could ever study, but it's also one of the most difficult subjects that you could ever entertain. Because although we have 273 verses talking about angels in the Bible, honestly, these verses, a lot of them are clouded in mystery when you look at them. And there's some confusion to it. And so often, we as the church, we kind of avoid this whole topic of angels. The sad part about that, though, is that then, even as followers of Jesus, we're left to Hollywood to tell us, all we know about angels. I don't know. Some of you are probably too young to recognize some of these shows, but you remember some of these shows? There's Angels in the Outfield. Can I get a shout out for that? Okay. Uh, Touched by an Angel. Remember that show? Highway to Heaven, Michael Landon, NBC, 1984. Okay. Uh, Michael, John Travolta should never play any, okay, and I'm going to move on. City of Angels, again, same, okay, uh, and then It's a Wonderful Life. Um, often, wow, thank you, yeah, Wonderful Life. Uh, often, we learn our theology from movies, don't we? And yet, there's some dangers in that. The Bible has something to say about angels, and if we're serious followers of Jesus, we'll want to know what God says, not necessarily what Hollywood teaches. And there's really four things that I see the Bible is very clear about when it comes to angels, even though this is a confusing topic. It's this, is that angels are God's unseen army. That angels are God's unseen army that are mighty warriors, that are messengers from God, that are ministers to God's people and are models of worshiping Jesus that we can look to as an example. Your sermon notes walk through this and this is really what I want us to take away from this study are these four things. What I want to say is that in contrast to 
this is you have this. <laughs> Precious moments figurines, little cute angels. This is not what the Bible describes angels looking like or being about. I understand, though, like in a room this size, one of you has probably bought one of these figurines for your grandma or your mom or your wife or your sister today. And if you have, I'm sorry, don't kill me. <laughs> um, um, it's going to be a lovely gift. These are actually very expensive. They're collectibles now, these precious moments. Yet, this is not what an angel looks like according to the scriptures. So let's look into it. You saw Hebrews chapter 1. Let's move from there and let's go over to Job 38.7. If you're in the New Testament, just flip over to the Old Testament. We're going we're gonna to move quickly here. You see angels being involved in creation. And with this, they look more or less like a figurine and more, using another Hollywood stereotype from the Bible movie, more like a warrior as they're created by God, these mighty warriors. And in Job chapter 38, we read about angels involved or watching creation when it says in verse 6 and then going into 7, or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God, and this is referencing angels, shouted for joy. So we have this scene in Job 38 where God is telling Job about creation. He's peeling back the curtain in a sense and showing this is how I created the world. And in that, God references angels. He said they were shouting for joy as they watched God create the world. Angels weren't just involved, though, in watching creation. They also are created themselves. Go from the book of Job in the Old Testament, now go back or go forward in the New Testament to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1, 16. And it says this. Colossians 1, 16. For by him... All things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible. And this includes angels. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things, and this includes angels, have been created through him and for him. It's amazing. In fact, if you just want to stop here, just land on Colossians 1. You can just study that and look, read that over, over, over again the next 15 minutes. You'll, you'll be good. It's a powerful passage. Angels were involved in watching God create this world and they were rejoicing. And yet angels themselves were also part of creation. God created them. Invisible and visible, God created them. All things were created by God and He holds all things together. And so angels are mighty because of who they're connected to. They're connected to the mighty creator, which is God himself. And these created spiritual beings are not just nameless, kind of identityless people. They have personalities. They have names. And they have a free will. In Ezekiel chapter 28, and we looked at this a few weeks ago when we talked about Satan. In Ezekiel chapter 28, we read about 
Satan as an angel. He's a fallen angel. He was created by God as an angel. And we see in uh, Ezekiel 28 that Satan had perfection. He was full of wisdom. He was perfect in beauty, verse 12 tells us. He had a personality. He had a free will. Verse 14 of Ezekiel 28 goes on. You are the anointed cherub, an angel, who covers, and I placed you there. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked in the midst of the stones of fire. You, talking about Satan, were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you. Verse 16 of Ezekiel 28. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God and I've destroyed you, O covering cherub. Again, referencing that Satan was an angel. It's one of the saddest chapters in the Bible, Ezekiel 28. Happy Mother's Day to you. And yet, it reveals to us not only the fall of Satan, but it also reveals to us the created order of angels and how they had an opportunity not only to think for themselves, but to act in free will against a holy God. Later, we read that Satan and a third of the angels chose to rebel against God and were cast out of heaven. So again, angels aren't nameless, faceless beings, but they have personalities. They have a free will. Later, you read in Daniel chapter 8, and Daniel 10, and Luke chapter 1, and then Revelation 12. You read about two specific angels. One is the archangel Michael, who is involved, Revelation 12 tells us, in the battle that takes place around the birth of Jesus. These passages also tell us about the angel Gabriel. Gabriel was the one that proclaimed that Mary would have a son, and this son would be born in virginity, and his name would be Jesus. And so you have these two specific angels that are given names. And these angels are mighty, Isaiah 6 tells us. There's this great scene, again, kind of peeling back the layer of heaven and seeing the unseen world just for a glimpse. We read about the angels in Isaiah 6.1 where it says, In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty and exalted, with the train of his robe filling the temple. And seraphim, which are angels, Isaiah 6.2 says, stood above him, each having six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And then the passage you see on the screen says this, And one called out to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds trembled at the voice of him who called out, while the temple was filling with smoke. You get this sense that they have names, they have a personality, they have a free will. And angels created by God are mighty. They're proclaiming the glory of God and the place is shaking. I don't know if you've ever proclaimed anything and a room has shaked. (laughs) Angels are pretty powerful, pretty mighty things. They're not just robotic, faceless statues. I got this at Marshall's in the home goods section. (laughs) Again, 
Isn't this kind of what we picture angels to be? Like these docile, kind of faceless stuff that's just kind of floating around? And No. They have personalities, free will. They're mighty. And then the scriptures go on to tell us in Revelation 5. And again, I'm just kind of bouncing all around, but I want you to see this. That there's myriads and myriads of angels I don't know if you use the word myriads in a lot of your conversations. I don't. I had to look it up. Myriads means this. It means countless or an extreme number. And so John gets this glimpse into heaven and he just sees more angels than he could ever begin to number. Again, this kind of throws itself in the face of what our typical view of an angel is. I want you to be encouraged by this. As we live in a real spiritual battle between D-Day and V-Day. This battle is real and this battle is difficult. And yet you have God's mighty angels surrounding you and with you. Imagine this. Let's just have... uh, I'm going to pick on some people here. Look down if you don't want me to pick on you. Um... Let's have this whole section. If you're in this section right here, just stand up. Just stand up where you're at. I'm not going to call on you. Just stand up. It's a good-looking section right here. Keep standing up right here. You guys too. Please come back. (laughs) Um, Imagine you have one angel. This is our portrait. Okay, we got a spiritual battle. The spiritual battle's hard. I got this little angel. He's kind of watching out for me. I'm good. What if you had a myriad of angels? What if you had a whole army of mighty warriors that were surrounding you, that were helping you in this spiritual battle. Doesn't that change how you look at this battle? Knowing that we have an army around us. This is awesome. So throw away this image and look at this image. This is the reality of our spiritual world. Okay, you guys can sit down. Thank you so much. Well done. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Revelation says there's an extreme great number. And this mighty army has specific roles. One of these roles is to be messengers. The word angels actually means, in the Greek, messengers. And so angels proclaim. That's what they do. That's their role. And their proclamation is this. is to proclaim the glory of God. To talk about how great... God is. Their message is one that they can't wait to tell. In fact, in the Christmas story, we read this every December, but it's worth even seeing here. We read in Luke chapter 2, if you want to turn there, Luke 2 8. We read the angels proclaim just how amazing God is. Luke 2 8 says this. In the same region, you're going to remember this as you hear it. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9, And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Again, the idea that these angels are mighty, that the shepherds are frightened as, as they see this one angel at this moment. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. And listen to his message. For today in the city of David, there's been born for you a savior who is Christ the Lord. 
This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Verse 13. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude. And this word again means so many that I couldn't even count. So there appeared a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angel had gone away from saying them, from gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, "Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has made known to us." It's one of the most famous proclamations that the angels ever give. Glory to God in the highest, peace among men. Jesus has arrived. Jesus is here. Angels have the privilege of communicating a message that they have seen. As followers of Jesus, we follow Jesus by faith. We follow something unseen. And yet the angels proclaim something that they have seen. Let even the angels' boldness and confidence in in the message that they proclaim give us encouragement as we follow Jesus. As we see them communicate, they say, I've seen God, and he is amazing. I've seen the glory of God. Let me tell you about it. And as we hear them talk about it, we can be confident that the God that we follow unseen is real. He is who he says he is. And out of the angel's message, they minister to us. They encourage us. Those that inherit salvation, those that follow Jesus by faith, were encouraged by the message of the angels, were encouraged in their roles. Picture angels as being these heavenly cheerleaders surrounding us, encouraging us. In Luke chapter 15, verse 10, we see that when it says, When one sinner repents, there's rejoicing in heaven. Think about that. If you have had a moment in your life when you stepped from death to life, you said, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm going to become a Christian. There was rejoicing in heaven in that moment. Isn't that amazing and cool to think about? You have these angelic cheerleaders going, that's awesome. Look what they're doing. Yesterday, I had a moment that it's really impacted me. I was at my son's Little League game, and it's the playoffs right now. It's a pretty intense season if, well, if parents have their way. <laughs> and it was the last inning of this game. And my son's team is winning. And it's kind of tense because the other team has one last chance to bat. And so the first batter gets a hit. And it's like, okay, this is going to get close. It's a close game right now. We'll see what happens. The next batter gets out. The third batter that comes up, this is a crucial moment in the game, probably the most important moment in the game. The third batter walks up, and as I watch him walk up, I realize who it is. It's the sweet boy on the other team who has autism. He's pretty severe on the spectrum. But it's awesome. Our league has allowed just kids to play wherever level they're at. Just play. It's all about just playing and having fun. Right, parents? <laughs> right, parents? And, uh, and so he comes up. And he stands in the batter's box. And the pitch comes. And he's kind of overwhelmed by the moment. I think he feels the pressure. He's really sensitive to it. 
and he just jumps up and closes his eyes and goes like this. And he's five feet away from the baseball. My heart just kind of breaks. Like, oh. The kids around his team start cheering for him. His name's Lex. Come on, Lex. Come on, Lex. The parents in the crowd start cheering for him. Come on, Lex. Come on, Lex. Our team stays quiet because we want to win. But um, (laughs) he gets up again. The pitch comes. He closes his eyes and he just goes like this. And he misses by six feet this time. And then something really cool happened. The parents of his side are cheering. His teammates are cheering. And then the parents on my son's side start cheering. Come on, Lex. You got this, Lex. And then our team starts cheering. You got this. Come on. Get a hit, Lex. You can do this. And the next pitch, I wish I could tell you he had a home run and we lost or whatever. But um, he ended up missing the next pitch. But then as he's walking back to the dugout, there's like this just cheer over everyone that's there. Just supporting Lex as he's just... What a courageous guy just to jump out into the competition. And I love that. I'm a sappy guy. I was like, that's awesome. Um, Picture angels in heaven rejoicing. Come on. Christ is real. He's real. He's amazing. He is great. He is full of glory. Follow him. You can do this. It's totally worth it. It's real. The unseen world is real. Picture angels surrounding you and just cheering you on, saying, go for it, follow Christ. And then out of that, you see angels guarding, guiding, and protecting people. There's this amazing passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to read just a little portion for you, beginning in verse 15 of 2 Kings chapter 6. It says, now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? Now we're just jumping in to like chapter 40. If this was a DVD, we're just jumping into the end of the story here. So let me give you a little context. Elisha's the prophet. He's leading Israel. Israel's being surrounded by an enemy territory who wants to defeat them. And there literally, there's people everywhere. And so Elisha's servant comes to Elisha and goes, we are outnumbered. What are we going to do? Like, we're going to die. And then listen to this next verse in 2 Kings 6, verse 16. So he answered, do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Such a poetic way to say it. There's, I know you see a lot of people around you, but there's actually more of us than them. The servant's looking at Elisha just going, uh, no, I, I see what I see. And then listen to the next line. Then Elisha prayed and said, oh Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw. And listen to what the servant saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I wish, like Elisha and his servant, we just had eyes to see the unseen, just for a moment, just as a way to be encouraged, to see all of the mighty angels that surround this place, even in this moment, that are guarding and protecting us in this real-life spiritual battle. Elisha and his servant got to see what is really real for a moment. 
It's incredible. Psalm 91 is a favorite of mine. In Psalm 91, verse 11 and 12, it says this. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They, angels, will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. John Patton was a guy who experienced Psalm 91. John Patton was called from Scotland via Australia to a place that none of us have really heard about. It's the New Hebrides Islands. It's off uh, the country of Australia. He felt a call by God to go to these people and to share Jesus Christ with them. They had never had a white person or a person outside their island ever come to them. And John and his wife, pregnant, came to this place to proclaim who Jesus was. This island was known for cannibalism. Picture jungle ride, but for real. And John and his wife moved in. And as you can imagine, the people of this island were not happy about it. They were threatened by these invaders. One night as John and his wife were, had set up this lean-to tent and were sitting there, they could hear uh, voices outside of their tent and they looked out and literally this entire tribe had surrounded their tent. And they had spears and stones and John, knowing what was to come, knew that him and his wife would certainly be killed. John and his wife got on their knees and they just prayed. They said, God... We feel called to this place that's never heard your name. God, somehow deliver us, rescue us. And they're praying this in their tent. As they're praying this, they hear the voices disappear. And that was the end of the threat. Twelve months later, the tribe leader of this cannibal tribe becomes a Christian. He receives Jesus Christ by faith. He changes his life from the inside out. And John and this guy now are friends. And John asks this tribal leader, he goes, hey, I just got to ask you something. I've been dying to know this for 12 months. What happened that night when you guys were surrounding our tents, ready to kill us, and then you disappeared? And the tribal leader recalled to John. John writes about this in his biography, in his own journal. He says, that night we saw hundreds of men with swords around your tent. And we were so scared, we ran. John goes, well, you know, it was only my wife and I that were there. And yet God showed up. God provided an army of protection. And John and his wife were able to share the gospel with this island. And the island, almost 80% of the island, came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. It's just incredible. This is the role of angels in our lives to protect us as God calls them to. This is a picture of John. This would challenge any hipster with his beard (laughs) right there. (laughs) Yet we also minister to angels as well. 1 Corinthians 4, and again, look at this deeper on your own, but 1 Corinthians 4 talks about how angels watch our lives. And by our testimony, we're actually communicating to angels that God is good. And worthy to be followed. Angels are watching us and our story. 
Hebrews 13.2, you may have, if you've ever heard any verse about angels, you probably have heard this one, but Hebrews 13.2 says, when you are hospitable towards strangers, when you invite strangers into your home, when you care for strangers, some of you are entertaining angels without even knowing it. Isn't that incredible? As you show hospitality, biblical hospitality to others, you never know if you're actually caring for an angel. And then 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12 says, The angels long to look into the gospel. They love the good news of Jesus. They can't get enough of it. When we proclaim the good news of Jesus, angels are watching and they're loving it. They're watching and saying, this is the best news ever. We can't get enough of this. Guys, often the gospel becomes something that gets us into the family of God, but then it's like, oh, okay, well, I've heard, you know, Jesus died for my sins. Okay, we're good. Angels are constantly encouraged and awestruck by the good news of Jesus. I think we need to take that into account as we consider the gospel for ourselves. And then here's the last thing I want you to see. There's a lot more we could cover, but just for our time here today, is that God's unseen army is a model of worship. Let me have you physically turn to Revelation chapter 5. Last book of the Bible, Revelation 5. I mentioned it earlier, but I want you to read it for yourself. Revelation 5.11 says this. Then I looked and I heard the voices of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the numbers of them was myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and, and under the earth and on the sea and all these things in them I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. This is incredible. The angels worship with emotion. Their hearts are in it. And yet with truth too. They're just proclaiming the reality of who God is, of who Christ is. What a model of worship that this is for you and I as we follow Jesus in our world. Angels are created to worship God. It's interesting to note later in Revelation that they diffuse being worshipped. If you're in Revelation 5, go to Revelation 22. Revelation 22, last chapter in the Bible, in verse 8, it says, I, John, this is the guy who wrote Revelation, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me these things. But he said to me, do not do that. I <laughs> like that. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> I'm a fellow servant of yours and your brethren, the prophets, and those who heed the words of this book. Worship, who does it say? Worship God. There's two extremes. There's some who never even think about angels, and there's others who are basically on the verge of creating idol worship to angels. 
Look at Revelation 22. It says, the only one worthy of worship is God alone. The angels say, get up. Don't do that. Worship the one that we proclaim, who is Jesus Christ. Now your last verses here. Look at Hebrews 1 again. Hebrews 1 and 2 are all about the superiority of Jesus over angels. We read in Hebrews 1, 4, and 5 that Jesus has a more excellent name than angels. We read in Hebrews 1 and 6 that Jesus is the Son of God. We read in Hebrews 1, verse 7 that Jesus is the uncreated one. Hebrews 1, 8, and 9 tell about how Jesus has greater gifts than the angels. Hebrews 1.14, which we've referenced, is the angels serve Christ. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, angels speak Jesus' message. And then Hebrews 2, 5 through 7, talk about in the future, Jesus will rule, not angels. So the reality is this, that in the seen and the unseen world, it's all about Jesus Christ. This quote is a great one from a guy named A.C. Bragg, and he says this, Angels sang at the birthday of Christ. Angels strengthened Jesus at his temptation in Gethsemane. Twelve legions of angels stood by at his crucifixion. They were at his tomb, at his resurrection, and at his ascension. Angels rejoice at one sinner's salvation and shout when we go home at the rapture. Angels remind us that this world and this life, both unseen and seen, is all about Jesus. And so there's a couple ways to respond. Our goal is not just to dump 22 verses on you and be like, okay, now I I got angels. Our goal is to respond to the truths of God's word. And the two most obvious ways to respond to this is, one, is worship Jesus. He is the one to be worshiped. Worship him alone, just as the angels do. And also take such comfort and joy in that you have an army of unseen angels that are protecting you and encouraging you and rejoicing with you. Take such encouragement in that as we live this spiritual battle of our day-to-day lives. How do you access this? How do you access worshiping Jesus and, and celebrating that you have this army of heavenly hosts? Well, number one, it's this, is just place your faith in Jesus. Some of us have never done this before, and today should be the day. Place your faith in Jesus Christ as the leader, the savior of your life. The angels proclaim what they have seen. Today, you have the opportunity to place your faith in Christ. He's real. He's really risen from the dead, and he's here to be our savior. Secondly, Eric talked about this a few minutes ago, was consider being baptized to proclaim, just as the angels do, that Jesus is Lord. Baptism is an awesome opportunity to say, I've been changed from the inside out. I want to publicly stand up in a bathtub full of water and say, this is my reality. Jesus is Lord in my life. He's forgiven me my sins once and for all. Baptism is a great way to do that. I just want to consider if you've never been baptized as a Christian, let this month be the month that you do that. And the third way is just to look over Hebrews 1 and 2 this week. Commit passages to memory in these two great chapters. Remind yourself that the unseen and the seen world is all about Jesus as you read about his superiority 
to the angels. And then finally, just real time in this place, I want to invite us. We have the stations around the room. We're going to be worshiping through music. Let's just take this opportunity here to proclaim as the angels do, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Let's pray. Father, thank you for sending angels into this world to proclaim your greatness and your glory. God, may we just join in even in this moment. And God, may we be encouraged that we are not alone. Thank you for your word. Thank you for sending your Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending angels to protect us. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Christ's name, amen.